1: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAlees, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese.
2: Welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultancy, Incorporated. where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIVIC. <coughs> Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. So, the weather this week has been spectacular. The weather this weekend will be spectacular. Sunshine and temperatures in the mid-70s to 80s. I particularly like the cool temperatures in the morning and evening. It makes for good sleeping weather. So this week, let's get moving. Let's get outside and get the most out of this Basically, it's the last week of uh, summer. A little over a week from now uh, is September 22nd, which is the start of the fall. So when the fall officially, officially starts And with fall the leaves will start changing Not immediately because we've had so much rain But we'll see some spectacular color displays in the late September and, and uh, October So this is their time to get out and enjoy the, the uh, outdoors Before old man winter really sets in And during the next two months we have to we have a great excuse to be outside. After all, we have to get the house ready for uh, winter. Northeast Ohio, we always assume that the winters will be hard. Although we can consult the farmers, Albinac, or maybe the woolly bears. But regardless of the prediction, we have to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. That's just like life. And we're around the backyard or preparing the house. Uh, this weekend, we could find a time to check on the economy and how it's affecting our investment. But before we do that, today America remembers the and pays tribute to the over 3,000 victims of 9-11 terrorist attacks. The attacks were fully loaded jetliners crashing into the World Trade Center towers, the Pentagon and the field near, uh, Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The memorial services at the September 11th Memorial in Lower Manhattan, will mark the 20th anniversary of the attack. Each year, the churches around the city uh, used to toll their bells at 8, 8, uh, 46 a.m. to mark the moment that the first plane struck the World terror Trade Center. So today, let's take a few minutes and remember those whose lives were cut short by the terror attack. And be thankful for our loved ones. And uh, so, this week, uh, the global equities were mostly down. In the United States, the three major equity indices were down. In uh, the eurozone and UK, and indices were also down. But Asia was up. On Friday, the U.S. market closed at. Uh, the Dow Jones at thirty four thousand six hundred and seven point seven two. Uh, it was down two point two percent for the week. The Standard and Poor closed at four thousand four hundred and fifty eight point fifty eight. It was down one point seven percent for the week. And the Nasdaq closed at fifteen thousand one hundred and fifteen point four nine, which meant it was down one point six percent for the week. So. A week ago, uh, the job situation report from the Department of Labor shocked investors of this uh, payroll report of only 235,000 jobs when uh, conservative expectations were for 750,000 jobs. It showed basically that report showed that the service sectors, those jobs that required close contact, between people such as restaurants and retail stores and stuff like that, they basically stopped hiring uh, due to the caution of the uh, workers as well as the caution of the consumers because of this uh, COVID Delta variant. Uh, That made two believers out of all of us regarding the economic impact of the Delta variant. And uh, we wanted to believe they were almost free, no masks, no spacing, but suddenly everyone had to take had to they take this COVID uh, pandemic seriously again. More masks, more vaccinations, more talk about a booster shot, maybe around after September twentieth. According to the Center for Disease Control, the COVID uh, statistics as of Wednesday was one hundred seventy-six thousand new cases per day, and 2,143 deaths per day. In June, when the pandemic was at its lowest point, these numbers were comparable to 10,000 new cases per day, and I forget how many deaths there were today, but it's probably around, uh, in June, but probably around 400, rather than the 2,143 that we have today, so what a change. our Life changes. And then suddenly, the president acted on Thursday in a televised speech. President uh, Biden presented several programs where vaccinations and or testing would be required for unemployment. For, um, employment. The principal parts of the plan were, one, that companies with 100 or more employees would be required to um, require their staff to be vaccinated or tested weekly. Uh, Next part would be uh, healthcare workers at Medicare and Medicaid participating hospitals would require vaccinations. And the next part would be the federal workforce and and federal contractors would require vaccinations. So uh, the estimates are that 100 million workers Would be involved in these programs. Um, You know, this is just an outline of parts of the government plans. Uh, uh, They were announced Thursday, but there'll be uh, there'll be a lot more details coming out in the the weeks ahead. So, uh, well, there's a lot of sprint. Uh, The the important thing that uh, uh, they're trying to get is they get this. uh COVID uh Delta under control so that the economy can get back to normal again. Estimates are that uh um you know the the, the economy has a lot of strength in, in in this economic recovery. We've got the labor demand, the housing is strong, consumer spending, factory orders, uh, GDP growth of uh six or six and a half percent in this first half. And, uh, but this week, investors are trying to assess uh, several headwinds. Uh, and the biggest one is, they, one of the biggest ones, is the COVID. And when will it be controlled so that we can get back to normal? You know, uh we knew through that time when there were no vaccines and no one had the least idea any idea as to when it would be under control now we have vaccines we have vaccinations are picking up Um, another thing is another concern is the supply chain delays Uh, you know we've got the stimulus money from the uh, fiscal stimulus money from the federal government we've got the monetary stimulus from the uh, federal reserve but we've got all sorts of delays and shortages and cost increases and loss of uh, efficiencies because of that and uh, we've got increased prices and inflation in goods and services so what we're seeing is uh another another headwind that people are looking at seriously right now is the uh the federal government that well congress basically uh there's two big bills in congress right now there's a uh, infrastructure bill. And then there's another $3.5 trillion bill uh, that people that Congress right now, the Democrats, are trying to flush out by uh, the 15th of this month. And uh, so that's what happens to that's a concern because we've got a national debt ceiling that has to be raised uh, before sometime in uh, October, mid October. And then we've also got stopgap spending bill that has to be put through Congress before the end of the September. You know, the end of September 30th is the end of the fiscal year. So in order to spend money after September 30th, the uh, Congress and the President have to pass, uh, appropriate bills to fund that spending. So that's a deadline that people are are weighing, and these things are weighing on investors. And another thing is that the Federal Reserve will be meeting on the 21st and 22nd of this month. And there they're going to talk about plans for easing the monetary uh, stimulus. That's the, the uh, $120 billion a month that they're uh, bond-buying operation, and also keeping the Federal uh, the federal uh, uh, interest rate down to zero to one quarter of the percent. So, uh, they're going to talk about at the September meeting, they're going to talk about plans for easing that uh, monetary stimulus. And investors anticipated that they would talk about uh, uh, tapering uh, and the bond buying at the September uh, meeting, but Things may change. In other words, now people are thinking about uh, maybe uh, the Federal Reserve uh, won't present that plan at this meeting or wait for the November meeting because they want to see how uh, the fiscal uh, action works. Uh, Raising the debt ceiling uh, has to be raised by uh, mid-October. And also the stopgap uh, stop gap uh, uh appropriations bill to keep the government running after September thirtieth. Uh, so uh everybody remembers a couple of years ago with uh President Obama where uh there was a lot of uh, uh, activity that went along with uh, uh that particular uh uh keeping the government open. And uh there could be a lot of uh, politicians playing chicken. You know, the uh, politicians seem to love the brinkmanship uh, uh, part of it. They take us all right to the edge, and then hopefully they'll reach some sort of an agreement. So uh, I think that's one of the the reason we're seeing uh, the ups and downs of the stock market recently is because uh, Things are happening that may affect the, uh, the stock market in the near future. But hey, let's change the pace. Uh, markets go up and down. Let's change the pace and get, you know, leave the big picture and let's talk about the uh, most important part and that is your financial plan. Uh, you have your goals and your roadmap for the future. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's in a, a folder, you know, and, uh, or maybe it's on a sheet of paper or maybe it's just in your mind. Uh, the idea here is to, uh, people do know their goals. People do know what they want in life. Uh, the youngsters, uh, at certain ages, they want their apartment and a car. And then as they grow older, they start to get serious about relationships and families and children and and the details of who's going to stay at home for a while and raise the kids and can do without the paycheck for a while. And and we're going to afford a house and all the rest of the things. And then, uh, finally, we get to the point where we have the house paid off and the kids out of the house. Uh, they're off on their own. Then, uh, uh, we have, uh, retirement to look forward to. And, uh, Retirement is going to be uh, a time when uh, it's important to have that nest egg uh, to uh, use it together with your Social Security and pensions and things of this nature to be able to afford the 30 years of retirement from 65 to 95. So the idea now is to say, hey, what does your financial plan look like? What what does your financial plan look like? First thing. We talked about was your goal and your goals, uh, you know, you can, you can sketch them out and you can come up with approximate numbers uh, for the goals. You know uh, what it costs to have a down payment for a house. Uh, you know, have a, you have ideas about uh, what your income is going to be like in the future. Uh, maybe you have plans to... Uh, Go back to school and uh, change careers or things of this nature. But you can plan that and you can say, okay, uh, I've got to have money, funds uh, for different purposes. And those funds have to be uh, accumulated uh, unless somebody is, unless you're going to be the recipient of some very large inheritances. Those funds have to be accumulated from your. Uh, paycheck. So the idea then is to how are you saving? How are you budgeting? Uh, how disciplined are you? What amount of debt do you have? How big is the interest rates on the debt? Um, so it's pretty easy to show people that hey, if you're paying twenty percent interest on on uh, credit card debt, that uh, you got to get that. Paid off before you even talk about investments and so the idea here is that you're going to uh, put a certain amount of money away and you're going to save it first Uh, and then you're going to invest it and uh, how much do you have to invest, how do you how do you invest to get the, the right amount of return for the risk that you're willing to take and, uh, then is it good enough to, uh, get you where you want to go? In other words, if I save so much, let's say I, I uh, put money into my 401k on a regular basis. I, uh, automatically move money from my, uh, checking account to my, uh, uh, savings account or to my IRA or to my, uh, brokerage account. Uh, how much does it take? How much should I be moving? Uh, what type of investments do I have? To, do I need to get? And what's the uh, what's the probability that uh, uh, I'm going to get the type of return that I want? And what is the amount of risk uh, that I feel I can handle? So, all these things are part of a financial plan. Uh, you can think it's through in your head, and, but there's probably going to be a lot of questions uh, as to the certainty of the numbers that you're using. So we basically go through this with our clients, and we've gone through it thousands of times. So we're basically hold hands at uh, coming up with these numbers and, and uh, uh, covering all the bases in terms of what could possibly go wrong what could possibly go right to project a plan that uh, will get you to age 95 and a secure retirement. So uh, one of the things that we have to do is start thinking about that as is, is individuals. Start thinking about our plans, our goals, roadmaps, how we're going to get there, uh, have we done? What have we done so far? It's never too late to get started. In other words, uh, you can you can start in your financial plan in your at the end of your high school days, or you could be, as I said before, you could be at the point where, hey, uh, uh, we're. Uh, we're 45 or 50 years old. We've got the house paid off. we got the kids out of the house and we're rich. And now well, what should we do? Well, if you're 50 years old, you're 15 years away from retirement. So then you really have to scramble to get uh, enough money together uh, to uh, help you live for the life for 30 years of retirement. So uh, these are the type of things we talk about We. We talk about with our clients. Uh, these are the things you should think about as we go through this. We go through discussions here about the big picture, but the little picture, or the micro picture, is the most important one. So
3: uh,
2: you can give us a call. We have a toll-free number here. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. I repeat that. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Uh, You give us a call. We'd be glad to answer your questions. And uh, uh, this is Jim Magaly. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to Get Rich Lowe. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. One of the things that uh, uh, this week, the Jolts report came out from the Department of Labor, and basically that uh, showed that uh, there's a real strong demand for labor. And you know, this report uh, looks at the uh, facts, the economic facts, in the uh, month of July. So the available jobs is measured by the what ads and the, and the uh, uh, and advertisements of the web and newspapers and corporate bulletin boards. Hey, they they have positions, open positions for ten ten million nine hundred thirty four thousand open positions on the last day of July, and uh, that is a number that is, is creeping up. It uh, continues the leap that started in April when it jumped to uh, nine million one hundred ninety-three thousand from uh, eight million two hundred eighty-eight thousand in March. So March there was a, March to April there was a sudden jump up to nine hundred thousand, and it stayed above nine hundred thousand ever since April, and now we're at uh exceeded yeah, 10,934,000 930, 10, on the last day of July. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're seeing is that job, July openings or position openings increased 7.4% from June and we were up 63% from July a year ago. In fact, job openings have increased 4.217 million from July of 2020. In, uh, in July of this year, the labor market was hot. The labor market has reacted to the arrival of the uh, the viruses, of uh, the uh, vaccines, and basically the uh, contemplated uh, end of the war against COVID. In fact, on August 6th, um, the Department of Labor reported that the payroll at that particular time, payroll increased at that particular time was one million fifty one million five fifty three thousand for the month of July. So but uh, that was in July before the impact of the COVID Delta uh variant began to cripple the economy. And it started in the southern states like Florida and Alabama and Mississippi. And basically it's grown and spread to the rest of the uh uh states and uh before COVID rebounded with its uh, uh, more trans- more transmissible uh, delta variant after the vaccines, and then the economy were, were trying to react to the strong demand for labor services and goods resulting from the vaccine programs and the opening of the world's largest economy. The problems were evident everywhere where millions of people and companies and the government uh, tried to get in sync with the expansion after the pandemic shutdown. There were problems everywhere in the labor market with mismatches and skill mixes and, uh, and in business with problems with big orders, uh, and, uh, increasing backlogs, delayed deliveries, and increasing costs. So business and consumers uh, knew that it would take time to iron out all these problems. And, uh, the, uh, well, the, well, the July numbers were for open positions at the end of July, uh, you know, those numbers relate to July, what will be the number for the last day in, uh, August, when the August payroll came, came in at 235,000, so, Uh, we would expect that maybe the number of positions would have decreased. But what we're seeing is that that's not the case. The report uh, adds credence to the idea that the Delta variant was the main factor behind uh, Friday's disappointing August uh, employment report. But in COVID-19 terms, the end of July was a long time ago, as was the mid-July period both which the job report was measured. Uh, daily COVID 19 cases, hospitalization, and deaths are higher now, uh, compounding the problem. In many school districts, the pandemic already has disrupted the just started academic year, putting uh, working parents in alert for all over again. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, at the same time, the number of job openings only appears to have increased. in... Uh, uh, August, uh, as of uh, last Friday, available positions on job search site Indeed, that's a company that um, that helps uh, find jobs, it was up forty point five percent in February of two thousand and twenty. Uh, at the end of July, that figure was just thirty five point five percent. Companies are hardly throwing the towel in, as far as recovery is concerned. Delta notwithstanding, not uh, uh, withstanding. Given how hard it's been for many employers to find workers, some might be willing to take on new employees, even at the level of demand they hope for in the uh, post Labor Day period, hasn't arrived yet. Uh, basically, workers are a hot commodity uh, after all, and posting for jobs that are largely done at home mainly white-collar occupations, increased in August, according to the company, Indeed, uh, software development. Uh, postings were 19% in August, while those for human resources jobs were up 13.2%. Uh, the Wednesday's Department of Labor report, uh, the JOLTS report, for July opening showed, showed a similar pattern Available jobs surged in health care and social assistance. Uh, the available jobs in, in uh, July were up 294,000, or 20% in July. From June, openings in finance and insurance rose by 116,000. In contrast, openings in uh, retail fell, and, uh, the, and the other service categories were flat. Including salons and dry cleaning uh, things of this nature. So, uh, what you're seeing is, the, uh, uh, if you take a look at the history of what's happening in uh, the uh, uh, the number of jobs that are posted, uh, for instance, like uh, uh, manufacturing. Manufacturing in July posted the 800 and. Uh, The openings were 889,000, and the number of hirings was 441,000, and the number of separations were 423,000. That gives you an appreciation for uh, just how many people are moving in the the industry, you know, in manufacturing. Manufacturing only has about 12 million people uh, working in that industry. And what you're seeing there is that uh, uh, 423,000 people um, moved. And most of those people that uh, separated during that particular month quit. In other words, just about three-quarters of that number were quitting. There's very few layoffs nowadays. Um, The the, the job situation is such that... uh, the, uh, the jobs are available and, uh, people are looking at different, uh, uh, opportunities. And, uh, one of the problems is that it's hard to hold on to people. So, <laughs> excuse me for just a second. Uh, what we see is that in general we have about 140 I mean, about 145 million workers in the united states and uh, what you see is that approximately uh 6. uh 6.6 6 million uh uh workers uh, are moving around each month in terms of uh hires and then uh about uh, five million seven hundred eighty-six uh, are separated from work, and mainly by quitting. And so, the difference between those two huge numbers, those numbers in the millions, uh, is the number of new jobs that are added. So, uh, uh, what you're seeing is that uh, approximately three to four percent of the working population is moving uh, every month. So it's a huge number, and keeping track of these people is the among, humongous task, but uh, it gives you an idea how, how big the U.S. economy is and how big the U.S. labor force is. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. after a word from our sponsor.
1: Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese cornerstone consultants inc has helped thousands of clients get more for their money whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes buying your next home planning for retirement finding that right mutual fund or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance cornerstone consultants inc will guide you to wise financial choices So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow.
2: Back to get this close. This is your host, Morning Jim McAleese. One of the things that uh, may be a a concern to the uh, investors this week and and next week would be the Federal Reserve. We we don't know what they're going to uh, finally announce on the twenty. I think it's the twenty second. That's a Wednesday, a week and a half from now. They'll They'll uh, meet for two days, and uh, this is the Federal Open Market Committee meeting, and at that point, they'll come back with, uh, this is our decision in terms of the uh, economic or the monetary stimulus. So, uh, several weeks ago, we mentioned that the Federal Reserve is starting to develop plans regarding how to reduce this monetary stimulus. So far... The Federal Reserve monetary stimulus amounts to uh, $4 trillion since uh, uh, October, uh, since, uh, uh, February of 2020. And that consists of, uh, of bond-buying operations that uh, started in February, and that amounts to $80 billion a month in U.S. treasuries and $40 billion a month and uh, agency mortgage-backed securities, these are government-sponsored enterprises, such as Andy and Freddie, and that keeps the, uh, the bond-buying operation, uh, puts money into the economy, and also keeps the longer-term uh, bond yields down. And also the idea that uh, the Federal Reserve is keeping down the, the federal funds rate and anchoring it near the... Uh, zero to one quarter for 1%. So those are the things that the Federal Reserve is doing right now. And the question is um, how long will this continue? All this was implemented in February of 2020 to help get out of this uh, U.S. government uh, economy shutdown that happened during uh, February March of last year. And it's expected that the Federal Reserve will uh, formulate and present a plan to taper this uh, monetary stimulus at the upcoming September meeting uh, committee meeting. So, uh, let's hold for just a second and go to our phone. Hello, Jim McElroy here. Can I help you?
4: Hi, Jim. Yeah, Jim, can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. I hope you're having hey. a good good weekend.
4: Yeah, I hope you're having a good weekend too. Hey, I had a question for you um, do, do you know what what type of uh, labor participation we're seeing in full-time workers versus those who are, are working um, flexible or for like what they call the gig economy where they're not working uh, at a set 40 hours a week with benefits and that they're kind of freelancing um, the reason why I'm asking, is because uh, a buddy of mine has a business uh, doing HVAC work, and they try. He tried getting some younger people to work, and they all keep saying they don't want full time because they're going to lose government benefits for housing, for assistance, for school, for rent, you know, and, and, and utilities. And I'm worried that our government is creating a dependent class um, that that is not going to want to work full-time anymore, um, especially with this last yeah. pandemic. And, and and also, too, if you could just comment, um, you just mentioned the Treasury. Why is the Treasury continuing to purchase $120 billion a month in mortgage-backed securities? Uh, it just it seems to me like it, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy with the housing market as hot as it is. So I'll, I'll say hang up and listen to your comments. Thanks, Jim.
2: <laughs> okay. You're yeah, more than welcome. At the uh, particip- participation rate of uh, the people who uh, are who are working versus the people who are in the category where they're not retired yet or children is approximately 62%. So uh, 62% of the people uh, that are available to work are working. Uh There's other reasons why the people aren't working. The people are taking care of children. They're taking care of, uh, parents. They're, they're doing other things. They're in school and things of this nature. So, uh, I don't have a good feel for, uh, the number of people that, um, are, what would you call it,
3: uh, um, you know,
2: uh, are gigging. Uh, or people who are not, who are avoiding full time work so that they can get their government paycheck. I don't have a good feel for that, but I certainly do know that it's true. Uh, I talk to my clients, a lot of them are business owners and things of this nature, and it's very, very difficult to get reliable help nowadays. Uh, and, uh, part of it is that, uh, uh this gig, uh, Employment and part-time employment seems to fit people's schedules and also with regard to their the government programs. But the government programs uh, can't go on forever. In other words, if you take a look at what this uh, this whole stimulus thing is worth, it's worth billions and billions of dollars. In mm-hmm. other words, uh, uh, the good U.S. government so far has been. And last year, it's been $4 trillion in the uh, fiscal stimulus, and this year, uh, um, they passed the package for another $1.8 trillion, and basically, so we've got uh, $6 trillion in stimulus spending over the last year and a half. Uh, That can't go on forever. It's got to be... Uh, tightened up and and shut down. So how that's going to happen, I don't know, particularly with this Congress. Uh, Congress has uh, uh, seemed to have gotten to the point where this is uh, um, the time to throw money everywhere. I'm seeing, uh, you know, the Congressional Budget Office was talking about if we follow uh, the president's plan, uh, for the next 10 years, the, the national debt will rise from where it's at right now, which is twenty-eight billion, uh, $28 trillion to $45 trillion in uh, eight years. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of money going into this uh, stimulus, and the concept of the stimulus is that, hey, uh, the government shut down the country because of the health situation and uh, that's through no fault of the people. And the idea was to keep the people, uh, and don't harm the people, give them enough stimulus so that uh, they wouldn't be harmed by the shutdown. That would be checks and the uh, payroll protection plan and the um, extra unemployment insurance and all the rest of this stuff. So the idea was to help, get the people to the point
1: where uh, they'll
2: still be whole or safe when this economy does recover. So The the question that you're raising is how long can this continue and what you're asking for numbers like what part of the economy working force, what part of the working force would rather go on uh, uh, part-time work rather than uh, go on the uh, full-time uh, work? Uh, I really don't know the answer to that, but I know it's a big uh, percentage, and I do know that it can't go on forever. So, um, And I don't think it will go on forever because there's enough money and uh, uh, willingness to keep uh, increasing the national debt that we're seeing right now. So... Uh, that's not an answer, direct answer to your question, but uh, I see the problem, and uh, I think a lot of people are concerned about the problem around us, so hopefully something will happen that So this is Jim McAleese. If you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Day. Welcome back to Get Rich Photo. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. You know, we were talking before about the Federal Reserve and uh, what the Federal Reserve does in preparation for its uh, uh, meeting. In uh, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting, which they hold about eight times a year, I think uh, the next one will be uh, uh, the 21st and 22nd of this month, and then there'll be a, another meeting in November. Uh, the The thing that they do is they formulate and print a uh, uh, a um, a book called the Beige Book, and uh, This is where the – it's a summary, basically, of the commentary of the current economic conditions. Each Federal Reserve Bank in the 12 districts – Cleveland is one of them – they gather information on current economic conditions in their particular districts. And how they do that is to report from the the, uh, branch directors, uh, they talk to the interviews, online questionnaires completed by uh, businesses, community organizations, and market, market experts, and other sources. And uh, uh, these the uh, banks, uh, they strive to uh, have a diverse set of sources that can provide accurate and objective information about a broad range of economic activities. So that's how the base book is put together, and uh, it serves as a regular summary of the information. And uh, uh, what they did, uh, like this Bayes book came out uh, this week, and uh, it represents a time period from early July to late August, and that enables the Federal Reserve to um, compare economic conditions in different parts of the country in preparation the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. So uh, it shows that the, the, the day's book this week shows that the U.S. economic recovery slowed over the summer as this COVID cases uh, picked up. That's that Delta variant. And that's basically causing consumers to back off from taking trips and dining out. And also the uh, supply problems and the... Uh, Everybody's reporting supply problems and labor shortages and basically held back growth in some sectors. This is what our caller was talking about in terms of, uh, uh, is it a true labor shortage or is it a a part where uh, I don't want to give up my government uh, uh, stipend uh, because I work full-time? But what we're seeing is that we've got problems in auto i've got problems at home sales uh, uh,
1: a majority
2: of, a majority of the regional feds say that the spread of the delta has led to a pullback, and looking ahead, businesses in most districts remain optimistic about their near term prospects though there continues to be wide widespread concern about the ongoing supply disruptions. <clears throat> And the Federal Open Market Committee has committed to reducing the monthly pace of bond buying because there's been substantial progress. Now, substantial progress, quote-unquote, on inflation and employment. So what you have right now is that uh, several um, uh, federal officials, like the St. Louis federal president, uh, James Bullard and the, the, the Dallas federal president, uh, Robert Kaplan, have urged the committee to move ahead with planning to withdraw the stimulus. And uh, just to give you an idea of what uh, Cleveland uh, uh, remarks in terms of the beige book would be, uh, economic activity grew solidly, a better, uh, slower, Based in the previous reporting period, supply constraints, limited many terms ability to keep up with growing demand, Uh particularly accrued <laughs> particularly for home building, manufacturing, in order to uh, let's go to <clears> this.
3: <throat>
2: they go through a, a whole litany of, uh, they take a look at the employment and, and situation, the price situation, consumer spending, and things of this nature and be all the basically talk about the difficulties in the, in the uh, getting the uh, economy uh back together again after that shutdown uh in uh, February March of, of last year so let's go to the phones again hello this is Jim Achilles. how are you this morning Ruth hello, i can you.
3: hardly he- Jim, your voice is muffled on my radio, so I'm listening to you now on my cell phone. You'll have to talk louder, please. Okay. Um, uh, My question is, um, if the government would default on all their obligations, how would it affect and what can I do now to plan uh, for maybe a first that could happen in this country of of my all fixed income because I'm an older senior and this is my nest egg that I'm worried about and especially mm-hmm. if they would cut Social Security or do away with it. So in your opinion, keeping up with this, uh, what do I do to plan in the event that this could happen?
2: Okay. Uh, my my. Uh, would you please talk louder? That... Yeah, my best opinion is that it won't happen. In other words, I realize that you're concerned about something that uh, could happen, maybe happen, but uh, I don't think there's any uh, the, the chance of a snowball in hell
3: uh, <clears throat>
2: of the uh, government not paying its bills like in Social Security and things of this nature. In other words, and Tr- basically what you're seeing is the politicians love this brinkmanship. Uh, uh, they love to get the other party in a position where they can blame them for something, and basically that's what I'm seeing right
3: now. Mm-hmm.
2: You got, you got. The, Jim,
3: how can uh, they keep one- the printing presses going with nothing backing it? There's nothing backing all all this money that's being printed.
2: Well, it's just like
3: <clears throat>
2: it's just like you and I, uh, or any business, any business. Well, what it is is they have the ability to do things. If I have a construction business, I have the ability to construct houses, and I'm fine as long as there's a housing market. But if there's no housing market, then then I just go out of business. The U.S. government is basically responsible for 330 million citizens. There's no way in the world that they're not going to be able to pay their bills, and the government will uh, uh, come to some sort of a solution uh it uh it might be nasty and it might be uh <laughs> but I don't think it I don't think it's going to get that bad. I personally think this is this is just brinkmanship that they've gone through before, and they'd love to do it, so we're we'll just party to it so i agree. I would not worry a bit. I would not uh, uh, lose a moment's sleep over this thing. Okay. Thank you very, very thanks much. Thanks. You take care. Thanks a, a million. Thank- okay. Take care, Ruth. Bye bye. This is Jim McAleese again. This is this. What we're seeing right now is an economy that has a lot of strength. It's got. Uh, Building obstruction, It's got uh, labor shortages. People uh, can find jobs almost anywhere they want. Uh, You've got manufacturing is in good shape. Uh, There are kinks, you know. There are kinks in this in this thing where uh, the uh, supply uh, chains are taking time to get back together again, but. The idea here is that the market, the economy, is strong enough to get through all this. All we have to do is uh, uh, keep doing basically what they're doing in terms of uh, getting through this COVID. Maybe the uh, getting the vaccinations rates up. Uh, uh, if we can get through the COVID, then the economy will be in good shape. This is Jim Magalie. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
4: Welcome back. Twenty years
2: ago, a poem was written about the tragedy of 9/11.
3: <clears throat>
2: I liked it and I filed it away. It's called "The Rest in Peace," and it was written by Frederick and Marianne Brusat. And the poem. The poem basically went viral in the days after 9-11. So, it goes like this. I am a world trade t- center tower, standing tall in the clear blue sky, feeling a violent blow at my side. I am a towering infer- inferno of pain and suffering, imploding upon myself and collapsing to the ground. May I rest in peace. I'm... I'm a terrified passenger on a hijacked airline, not knowing where we are going or that I'm riding on fuel tanks that will be instruments of death. And I am a worker arriving in my office, not knowing that just moments my future will be obliterated. May I rest in peace. I am a firefighter set in dark corridors of smoke and debris on a mission of mercy only to find it collapsed around me. I'm a rescue worker risking my life to save my eyes, who is very aware that I may not make it out alive. May I rest in peace. I'm a survivor who has fled down the stairs and out of the building to safety, who knows that nothing will ever be the same in my soul again. And I'm a doctor in the hospital treating patients burned from head to toe, We know that these horrible images will remain in my mind forever. I'm a family member who has just learned that someone I love has died. And I'm a pastor who must comfort somebody who has suffered a heartbreaking loss. May I know peace. I'm a boy in New Jersey waiting for a father who will never come home. And may I know peace. I'm a citizen of the world Blue to my my television. Fighting back my rage and despair at these horrible events. I am a person of faith struggling to forgive the unforgivable. praying for the consolation of those who have lost loved ones and calling upon the merciful blessings of God. May I know peace. I'm the owner of a small store with five employees who've been put out of business in this tragedy. I'm an executive of a multinational corporation who is concerned about the cost of doing business in a certified world. May I know peace. I am a child of God who believes that we are all children of God and we all are part of one another. May I know peace. And with that in mind, Together. May God protect you and keep you safe until we meet again next week for Get Rich Slow.
1: You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440 647 2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440 647 2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim, Regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate, of Next Financial Group, Inc